Shalom and welcome to Think Jewish, where we join together to explore divine keys for a better life. At the end of this week's Torah portion, after much of the laws of damages and other laws of finance are discussed, we are brought back to the story of last week's Torah portion at Mount Sinai. Here, the verses continue with what happened after God gave us the Ten Commandments. And the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire atop the mountain before the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses came within the cloud and he went up to the mountain and Moses was upon the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Rashi, Rab Shlomo Yitzchaki, the class and commentator, he quotes the words of the verse within the cloud and he gives his commentary. This cloud was a kind of smoke, and the Holy One, blessed is He, made a path within it. Rashi is telling us here two distinct facts. A. That this cloud was not like the clouds of the previous verses, which speak of the cloud of divine presence. Rather, this cloud is speaking of a kind of smoke. Rashi knows this from the previous verse, which states, like a consuming fire. Additionally, we know that the fire at Mount Sinai caused smoke for the verse already told us previously and the entire Mount Sinai smoked because the Lord has descended upon it in fire. B, the second distinct fact that Rashi is telling us, that when the verse states Moses came within the cloud, it means that there was a path into which Moses entered. Rashi quotes this from the Talmud, which states, The school of Rabbi Shmuel taught, Here the word bitoch, in the midst, appears, and it also appears elsewhere. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea. Just as there, the word bitoch, in the midst, implies a path, as it is written, and the waters were a wall unto them, so here too, was a path for Moses through the cloud. And that's where Rashi takes his commentary from. The Jewish people, in order to receive the Torah in its completion, as it was taught to Moses upon Mount Sinai within 40 days and 40 nights, they had to pass through the path of the sea, and then the path within the smoke had to be crossed. In previous lectures, we have already discussed the reason why the Jewish people had to cross through the sea before receiving the Torah. We, dis we discussed the teaching of this being the mikveh immersion process of conversion, as the Jewish people were to become the Jewish nation. And we discussed the mystical concept of land creatures experiencing the water environment. This lecture will be exploring the path in the cloud of smoke which needs to be crossed in order to receive the Torah. What is the smoke? What is the path? And why must it be crossed? With this, we will explore distinct differences in the smoke as it happened during the Ten Commandments and how it happened after the Ten Commandments. During the Ten Commandments, the verse says, And the entire mountain smoked 
because the Lord has descended upon it in fire. After the Ten Commandments, the verse says, And the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire atop the mountain. Why was it that during the Ten Commandments it was just a fire, while after the Ten Commandments it was a consuming fire? Additionally, why was it that during the Ten Commandments the entire mountain smoked, while after the Ten Commandments it was only atop the mountain? Another concept to explore here is that rocks, that which the mountain is made of, are not consumed by fire. And therefore, A, the mountain should not give off smoke because of the fire. And B, a mountain cannot keep a fire going as the fire needs some sort of consumable fuel to attach to for it to remain alive. To understand this, we are going to have to first introduce the secret of Tzimtzum, the Kabbalistic version of the Big Bang through which God started the creation process. Being that God is everything and everything is God with an absolute unity and oneness, Kabbalah explores how it came to be that the process of creation brought about a dualism a form of separation in which there now exists creator and creation. The Kabbalistic answer is Tzimtzum Harishon, the original Tzimtzum, in which all of the infinite light was reversed and concealed, creating a place of void, into which a finite ray was then introduced, and from it was created a finite form of universe. While the revelation reveals the absolute unity and oneness of God, nevertheless, concealment of the Tzimtzum projects the paradigm and precedes reality of separation. The great question is, how can godliness conceal godliness? What could wrap itself around the infinite light and can conceal it rather than be completely permeated and absorbed by it. Rab Shneir Zalman of Liadi, author of Tanya and founder of Chabad Labavitch, deals with this question. Rab Shneir Zalman, known as the Alter Rebbe, explains that he, God, and his attributes are one. And therefore, just as God is infinite, so too are all his attributes infinite. Now let us see God's first two attributes as they are explained in Kabbalah. The first is called Chesed, kindness, referred to as light and revelation. The second is Gevura, strength, strictness, justice, referred to as darkness and concealment. Most often, we view kindness and revelation as infinite, while we view strictness, justice, and concealment as finite. We do so because we confuse the attribute with its product. Kindness and revelation brings us the product of experiencing the infinite, while strictness and concealment brings us the product of experiencing the finite and darkness. However, 
the attribute of givura, which is strictness, justice, and concealment, is in itself infinite, as infinite as chesed, kindness and revelation. Through understanding this, we now understand how the attribute of givura can conceal without being absorbed by the attribute of chesed. For why would infinite be overtaken by infinite? Thus, the Tzimtzum HaRishon, the concealment, is as infinite as the revelation that preceded it. For the sake of this lecture, please take a moment to see the power of revelation as fire and the power of concealment as smoke. With this teaching of the Alter Rebbe, let us see another outcome of God's attribute of concealment being infinite. The general purpose of God creating with the dominance of His name Elohim, His attribute of concealment, was so that we can have freedom of choice and that we be blessed to build for God His true palace and home here on earth. Now how can we become partners in creation? And much more so, how can we become the builders of God's home? Because creation was created through Elohim, the might of concealment, thus the entire universe has the natural genetics of being egocentric. The definition of holiness and of being on the side of holiness is simply to be humble and transparent to God. Thus we see that God created the world, creation, the universe through concealment so that it would not be on the side of holiness. It would not be transparent to God. Now, in the level of being egocentric, the evolution descends from level to level, from layer to layer as the egocentric evolves into self-seeking, selfish, arrogant, and total narcissism. The lower down the process of creation the creation is, the deeper the ego is. Thus, our physical world, being the lowest of all realms within the universe, is the deepest and coarsest existence of ego that there is. Therefore, our world as God created it through the concealment power of Elohim is completely unfit to be the palace and home of God. Not because our world chooses to be so, rather within the very genetics of its nature it defies the fundamental aspect of being a dwelling place for God. That fundamental aspect is humility and transparency to God. We can now understand how through God creating the universe through His attribute of concealment, which is Elohim, Givura, God has given us the opportunity to be the ones who build for Him a home. We now also understand how we do this and we understand what our sages of mysticism mean when they say that our service to God is to change our nature and the nature of our world. 
they are speaking of changing our nature of being ego-selfish, egocentric, self-seeking, and selfishness. And so too with all of the objects of our world, where everything is transformed through our service and becomes an item of service to God and to our fellow, rather than an item of temptation and self-grandiose. Let us now explore the depths of what the Alter Rebbe is saying with God's attribute of Givurah, God's expression of concealment being infinite. Please bring back now the imagery of revelation being fire, concealment being smoke, and the purpose of creation, our service to God, being about the fire consuming the genetic egocentric nature of creation. I'm going to repeat that. And the purpose of creation, our service to God, being about the fire consuming the genetic egocentric nature of creation. Smoke is not a product of the fire, but of the object being consumed by the fire. Thus, fire is the revelation from above descending upon creation, and smoke is the ascent of the creation from below, as its ego is consumed and removed, freeing it to yearn upwards to be permeated and one in unity with God. However, being that the attribute of concealment is infinite, it creates a descent of arrogance and denial so deep that it cannot be consumed and transformed by the fire. This is represented within the four categories of creation. The four categories are the human, the animal kingdom, the plant world, and the inanimate. The latter, the inanimate, cannot be consumed by fire, and therefore cannot produce smoke. More specifically, we can see it as three categories. All of creation of this world is one of these three categories. A. That which is more refined, to which the fire easily attaches itself, using it as fuel, bringing about its, transforma its transformation, about and which therefore produces little smoke. The finer the creation that is being consumed by the fire, the less there will be smoke, and the thinner the smoke will be. Category number one. Category number two, B. That which is more coarse, to which the fire cannot easily attach itself, using it as fuel, struggling in bringing about its transformation, and which therefore produces a lot of smoke. The coarser the object being consumed, the more and the thicker the smoke. Second category. Now let's look at the third category, C. Then there is the ultimate product of the attribute of givurah, elokim, concealment, which is the ultimate state of ego, arrogance, and denial, which therefore cannot be consumed by the natural process of the fire revelation at all. 
With all of this, we can now return to all the questions we had concerning the fire, the smoke, the mountain, and the path that Moses had to cross in the cloud of smoke. Additionally, we can now understand the difference between all of the above as they were during the Ten Commandments and as they were after the Ten Commandments. Until the Ten Commandments, fire and smoke, the spiritual and the physical, and the revelation and the concealment were separated from each other and could neither be affected by e each other nor united together as one with each other. The purpose of creation, that the human be able to transform his natural genetics of being egocentric, only became possible by the Ten Commandments. The Torah is God's fire that empowers the human to first consume and then transform his own ego, arrogance, and denial, and then to go on to consume and then transform the ego of the physical world. Our sages tell us, the actions of the forefathers are a sign for their children. All that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did was only a sign and a preparation for what we, their children, after the Torah was given, would do. It was only a sign, for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were only able to perform spiritual service to God and were not able to transform the physical for God, for they lived during the times of the divine decree that separated the fire from the smoke, the spiritual from the physical, and the revelation from the concealment. Thus, we now understand, at the time of the Ten Commandments, the verse tells us, and the entire Mount Sinai smoked, because the Lord has descended upon it in fire, not consuming fire, just fire. It was not a consuming fire at this point, for the fire was not able to consume, consume the concealment at that point. The creation of concealment was of the ultimate ego, arrogance, and denial to God. And the fire revel of revelation, and thus God began the process of changing the nature of it all by having the fire of revelation descend, even though it had nothing consumable to attach itself to. And by having the inanimate mountain of concealment thoroughly be consumed by the fire of revelation, even though it is not the nature for the inanimate to be consumed by fire at all. Thus, the ultimate depths of coarseness of the mountain being consumed caused the entire Mount Sinai smoked a thick and heavy copious amount of smoke. However, after God gave the first and mightiest blow in the process of the consummation and transformation at the Ten Commandments, now what remains for us to do is a consuming fire atop the mountain, and Moses came within the cloud. Now, after God's mighty blow into the ego of concealment, it no more denies being consumed by the fire of revelation. And thus the fire in itself 
is now a consuming fire. Additionally, now that the concealment has been weakened, it is within our grasp and duty to rise up from below to meet the fire. And thus the verse says that the consuming fire was only atop of the mountain. Lastly, now that the entire creation of concealment has been refined, it is not a thick and heavy copious smoke, rather it is called only a cloud, defined by Rashi as only a kind of smoke. Nevertheless, even though that at this point it is only a refined cloud, a kind of smoke, nevertheless, we must cross through this smoke screen in order to be able to receive the entire Torah, both the written law and the oral law, with all their details that was given to Moses in the 40 days and 40 nights that lay on the other side of the smoke screen of concealment. However, the spiritual seeking human cries out that he doesn't want to have to deal with the ego and arrogance of that which denies the fire of revelation and smokes in the process of the transformation. The spiritual seeking human cries that he wants to only dwell in the spirituality of the Torah study, in the spirituality of the 40 days and 40 nights studying with God on top of the mountain. He cries out that the smoke will taint him, dirty him, and blind him. Thus, the Talmud, quoted by Rashi, tells us that God made a path in the smoke cloud for Moses to cross with being untainted. What does this mean to you and I? Moses represents the core of our soul, the Pintaliyid. God has created a protective path for the Pintaliyid within each and every one of us that our Moses within us never be tainted or blinded by our crossing through this smokescreen. Our sages say, even when the person sins, his soul remains faithful within him. The core of our soul, the Moses within us, remains forever pure. Even when all the external faculties of the soul are tainted and blinded, the inner essence of the soul remains true to its one and only desire and will, which is to faithfully serve God. The purpose of creation is that we engage, consume, transform, and cross over through the smokescreen. This is the actualization of the power of the fire of Torah, creating down here in the physical world the ultimate home and palace for God. Therefore, we must first cross through the smokescreen in order to receive the Torah in its entirety. In closing, we need to take a deeper look into the path that God made for Moses. What is to be with the rest of our soul, its functioning faculties? Are they to be sacrificed into being tainted and blinded by the transformation process by the smokescreen? The great Rabbi Levi Yitzhak once turned to God and asked, What do you want from your children of Israel? 
the spirituality of the Garden of Eden you hid in the books, and the temptations of the world you put out on the street. Is that fair? However, Rabbi Levitzak went on to explain that the only reason that God did this is in order to arouse within the Jew his inner conscience that would be needed to cross through the smokescreen to see the truth of it all that God is everything, everything is God, and God is one. Thus we now see the ultimate truth and oneness of God not only at the end of the transformation but throughout the transformation even in its darkest moments. Listen again to the magical words of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak. The only reason for the concealment is to arouse and reveal within the Jew his inner conscience. Now, a concealment that exists only for the sake of a greater revelation is in truth no concealment at all. In the final analysis, the job of the Jew is not to transform the product of concealment as much as it is to reveal the ultimate revelation and unity of the concealment itself, which exists only to bring forth an even greater revelation from the inner conscious of our Moses within our soul. So, one should always remember that while the early bird gets the worm, the early worm gets eaten. Therefore, always live within your higher consciousness.